Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speak Up Sis podcast. This is the place where everyday women and men have an opportunity to share their stories to inspire yours. We say what you think no one wants to hear, but everyone needs to know. I'm your host, Angel Charmaine, and I am excited you all to be here for yet another one-on-one with Angel conversation. I've got a beautiful guest uh, in the space tonight. For those of you who are listening on audio, you are missing out because she is truly beautiful outside as well as inside. So you're going to get to meet her tonight. We're going to have a wow of a conversation. Her name is Shante Quaylar, and she's got a testimony that is out of this world, all about God's love and redemption and all that good stuff. So I'm going to bring her on and let you hear from her tonight. And I know you're going to be inspired by her testimony. So welcome to Speak Up Sis podcast. Shante, how are you doing this evening? Thank you, Miss Angel. I am blessed and honored to be here to be able to share my story. (laughs) Inquiring minds often want to know. Uh, The individuals know me in my current space. So oftentimes they like to go back and find out, oh my gosh, oh really? It's kind of like the wow factor. So I'm just here to share and bring some enlightenment to uh, the life of exotic dancers because there's many misconceptions about that lifestyle as well. So I'll be sharing about that this evening. That's what's up. Yeah, I know when people think about exotic dancers, um, I'm sure there are all sorts of things that people just assume yes. um, but I'm just I, I've, I've had an opportunity to talk to you and mm-hmm. to hear a bit more of your testimony and so I know you got some good stuff to share but before we get into that I'd like for you to share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you're currently doing in your life okay again I am Shante Cuellar I am a three-time author I currently have Bold Enough to Say Writing Services, which is interestingly enough, the title of my first book, which is Bold Enough to Say. And in the writing space, I assist individuals with individuals who are mostly stuck in the writing space, and they kind of don't know where to start, what direction to go into. And I'm that person that really literally holds their hand along the way, because I personally didn't have anyone to assist me on that journey. So there was a lot I had to learn after my work was out there and I was not very pleased about what I didn't know. (laughs) So bold enough to say writing services kind of gives you info on the back end and while we're walking you through the process. I'm also a ghostwriter and a copy editor as well. And I have a couple of other uh, ideas that I'm working on under the LLC, but uh, the writing space is my baby uh, at the moment. Um, And my husband and I have just started this writing space together. So we're very excited about that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know you all are on going on book tours and you're doing all sorts of amazing things. Uh, you sent me a link to, I believe it was a tour you all just did, maybe a book signing that yeah. you all just did. And your husband was just having a good old time. So let's give him a shout out tonight. 
Thank you. I will inform Mr. Joe Cuellar, you all said hello. <laughs> That's what's up. But tonight is your night. And I want everyone to um, just, just get a little bite-sized taste of exactly who you are and what your testimony is. So kind of start us from the beginning, if you don't mind. Um, mm -hmm. Because what I know is that you... Your story isn't the little girl in the projects who doesn't have any money, can't figure out what she wants to do with herself, goes to become a stripper, and yeah, no, that's not your story, right? That is correct. I was a little girl from the projects. That uh -huh. is correct. Um, I grew up, yeah, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles um, in Southern California on Western and Vernon Avenue. I grew up in a crack cocaine infested when crack cocaine first came on the scene. And um, so in that regard, yes. However, I was not the individual who was just like, oh my gosh, I got to do this to make some money, right? I was an actual licensed vocational nurse. Wow. <laughs> For quite a few years um, when I got into the dancing space. And of course, the infamous question is always, how did you end up transitioning from a nurse to actually becoming a dancer? And honestly, I had gone through an identity crisis at the time. I didn't know my self-worth. I was trying to get over an ex at the time. Um, I was very physically fit at the moment. So honestly, I was kind of focused on the superficial mm -hmm. and I was utilizing the superficial to define me. Gotcha. And when you, yeah, when you don't know your identity, you will pretty much let people and things define you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me in that dancing space. Um, like I said, and I had a very lucrative, I was very happy in my nursing career. I just got bored. It was just like, I'm going to do. And the interesting thing is my ex is the one who thought of my stage name. <laughs> he was like, I threw around a couple of names and he was like, no, not Candy, not, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the most common stage names are. Then he sat for a minute and he said, desire. And I sat there for a second and I was like, okay. And it's how he said it. It wasn't so much the name in and of itself, but it, and then I said, why'd you pick that name? And he said, you're very easy on the eyes. He said, you're very attractive. And he said, you have a very nice figure. And, and for a man, I'm telling you from a man's perspective, what, when they look at you, what they will see and, and you will be desired, you're desirable to the eye. And I was like, okay, I'm going with that. <laughs> wow. Okay. I am. I have so many questions right now. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I, I'm here for it. Whatever you want to ask, you go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So I need to know mm -hmm. out of all the things mm -hmm. you could want to do to find yourself, to, to figure out who you are, to belong to whatever, to be desirable to whatever. Yes. What led you to stripping? Because did, did, did your, were you the guy you were dating? Did he say, Hey, I think you look good on stage or did you have a friend or did you see somebody? Did you watch a movie? I was like, Hey, I think I need to do that. What was the thing that led you to that particular profession? Honestly, I have no idea. 
He didn't, <laughs> he didn't entice me. He didn't say, why don't you do this? Um, and it's interesting because I was actually between my oldest daughter's dad and dating a guy. So it was in between the both of them and I couldn't even figure, I really needed to leave my daughter's dad alone. So I was really kind of consumed with this individual so, and neither one, they were like, hey, and I mentioned it, and, he, and both of them were like, well, hey, you know, if that's what you want to do. And I'm thinking, y'all, we, what is luck with y'all? Y'all, <laughs> right. y'all are you going to say, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's not going to work for you. Why would you want to do something like that? You were a nurse and this and that. Because again, I didn't know anything about the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Other than the fact, if you went to the local club in our old neighborhood, all you had to do was have a look, and and pretty much you were you were set. So I knew I had that squared away. Right. So then I was like, well, maybe if I auditioned, I thought if I auditioned, I would be nervous, and then I would just back out of it. But that's not what happened. You know, it, it was almost like a high when I auditioned right? You get on stage, you get your little costume. And I had the cutest little costume. I had this Harley Davidson outfit costume and it was little spaghetti and it had little gold chains hanging off my waist and, 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 and they do this and the, you know, so I had like this whole look going for me and you know how it is when you're new on the block, right? Mm-hmm. Almost in any situation, we all know how that goes. Ooh, we got, you know, fresh meat in town, basically. And I, I'm just <laughs> being transparent and having a moment. That's just how people think. And when the consumers were starting to put money on the stage, I was like, oh, is this all you have to do? But the interesting thing is I had two left feet. I, I couldn't even dance. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. So, like you're a nurse. A whole other set of questions. Girl, I, listen, sis, we might have to do part two because this right here <laughs> That's is okay. Gonna, I'm here for that too. <laughs> it's going to have me a way out here. How old were because you're a nurse? And then on top of that, you got a daughter. That opens up a whole other yes. realm of questioning. But yes. how old were you at this time? I was 27 because I met my husband when I was a dancer, he saw me on stage. And we're going to get to that because <laughs> we all know that that saying, you know, can you turn a stripper into a housewife, you know, yes. and they use some other words for it yes. as well. Indeed. And a lot of people are like, no, you can't do that. And, yes. you know, if she's out there like this. Ain't no man going to want to wife her up and all these kind of things. And you're like, I, I, no, that wasn't me. So. Mm-hmm. You're this 27-year-old woman. You've got a daughter. You've got two men that are kind of, you're like, uh, mm-hmm. and and you're stripping. Yes. In the lifestyle, did it become anything like most people think? Did, did you see a darker side of that life prior to you um, deciding that you want to leave? Absolutely. And sometimes on occasion, I think back to when I was in that space. And I thank the Lord every time I have those moments when I think back, because there were women who were being drugged. You know, there were dancers who were jealous of each other. The bartender was jealous of the dancers because the men weren't tipping the bartenders good tips because they were 
tipping the day, just all kind of like juvenile kind of stuff. And I thank the Lord every opportunity when I go back to that space in my mind, how grateful I am um, that nothing happened to me because there were opportunities where people and, and people who would start out not doing one thing would end up doing something different. Like when I first started, I didn't drink and I didn't smoke marijuana. I just, so they thought I was a police officer. <laughs> they thought I was an undercover police officer, right? Because I'm not indulging in all the extracurricular. I didn't realize they took cocaine like in between their sets. I didn't realize it until I saw a, a dancer do that one day. And I was like, oh, I was like, why are you doing that? And she kind of looked at me like, who doesn't? And she said, oh, I forgot you, the police. That's she kind of passively said that and I was like police was she and I'm thinking she don't even know me like that but I didn't I didn't get into that hole and I was like wow and they called me officer for the longest time even the club manager I would say something and he kind of look and he'd be like oh okay officer and I'm thinking what in the world and I think the first day I had a Long Island iced tea that's what it was where he he changed his and he said, that's, that's, this drink is for who? And somebody said, the bartender said, Desire said she wanted a long island ice. He was like, well, I pay, I'm paying for it. She, you know, <laughs> the customer, I got this. I, I'm covering this for her. So, but yeah, it was a darker side. Like I say, women were, um, they ended up leaving with guys who had their ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up getting, you know, beat up. Some women were in the lifestyle who had boyfriends that were pimping them out, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't aware of it until I started. And then I had my ex, the guy I was dating at the time, he kind of put a bug in my ear and he said, you need to, don't hang with her. When, whenever she go, goes and does a private party, and you know, I never try to get in your business, but when she does a private party, you don't need to go with her. And then I didn't find out until later the reason why when she came in the club with a black eye one night, I was like, Ooh, what happened to you? And, you know, they come up with stories of why, and, you know, so my heart went out to the ladies who were in that space. And then you had some that felt like they had to do it for a living, or that's something that they've always, it was like an easy way to make money. Um, But I wasn't that girl. So yeah, I was very fortunate and very blessed in that space. So it seems like you didn't have, for lack of a better word, a bad experience. No. Um, so then why'd you leave it? Because I was also a Christian when I was all caught up in that. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Ooh, glory. <laughs> okay. Yes, Bill. <laughs> People going to church on Sunday and stripping on Saturday, Friday. <laughs> no, let me let me. I was not a <laughs> function. I wasn't attending church at the time while okay. I was living that lifestyle. You know how when the younger generation they grow up in church, uh-huh. filled with the Holy Spirit in the choir, all of that, and as soon as they graduate high school and they go off on their own. It's like the prodigal child, right? They end up venturing off, doing whatever, and this and that and the other. And then, but the 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 spirit of the Lord that's within you, when you have that foundation of the word inside of you, you eventually end up coming back. And that's what ended up happening to me. 
and the story in that, hmm, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I was dancing and my husband and I were dating at, at this particular moment when I had this experience. I was on stage and I had finished my set. You dance to three songs and then they go, it goes to the next um, dancer. And my routine was when I finished my set, I'd go in the dressing room, I'd brush my teeth and gargle and I'd come out and thank my customers. So this particular night I did that. And I went in the dressing room and I bent down to get my toothpaste and I hear this audible voice. I kid you not, just as clearly as I'm speaking to you. Now the dressing room was very confined, like in, in this space that I'm sitting in. So I bent down to pick up my toothbrush and I hear this voice say, pack your bags, get dressed, and don't you ever come back to this place again. So I stand at the sink and I'm like, now I'm tweaking because I've had two Long Island iced teas and I'm still <laughs> half a joint. So I'm just like, okay, this chronic done. I don't have way too much. And I stand there for a second and then it gets really quiet. So I bend back down and I get something. And there was there's no space for anybody to be inside of the dressing room. Let, let me just add that. So then I bend down again and the voice says again, I said, pack your bags get dressed, and don't you ever come back to this place again. And just like that, I was sober. And I said, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. Mm. So I packed up my bags. I didn't even tell my customers, thank you. I packed my bags and I was sober and I was crying. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And you know how you have that moment, come to Jesus meeting? Mm -hmm. You know, that could be a come to Jesus meeting too, where you're just like, your heart, it, you, you just reach the end of yourself and you're like, I'm giving myself back to you. I go to the door and one of the managers, the night manager was at the door and he never called me by my real name. And I had tears and he said, what's up? And I said, um, I said, I'm leaving. And he looked me dead in my eye and he said, Shantae, that's okay. You should have never been here in the first place. And I said, <gasps> and he said, so you go on and do your nursing thing. He said, because you shouldn't have been here. He said, now don't get me wrong. We made a lot of money off of you. Because <laughs> you were like new. You were like different. You were like, and he said, but you shouldn't have been here. And good for you. He said, so you take care. And that was it. I was, I was, I was the, my husband, as we were dating, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. He didn't ask me to quit. He didn't give me any ultimatums because my husband comes from a hustling background. Mm -hmm. So to him, he was like, if that's what you want to do, then that's on you. That's, you know, who am I to interfere with what you want to do? Right. But I felt because I was in a relationship, in addition to having that experience, I'm like, I got like a for real dude now. So I can't be on nobody's stage and pole half naked. And I got a man at home that it just, it didn't make sense to me. So that's how I ended up getting out of the lifestyle. I just heard, and that goes to show you how God will reach people. Mm. People hear from the Lord all the time, but they brush the, the, the voice aside. They want to continue on doing what they're doing and they try to oppress, oppress. And everybody has a point where they reach and they have to have a heart to heart with him. And that was my heart to heart. And I'm eternally grateful for it. 
Wow. I am sitting here like, okay. I know when you first started sharing this and the way you are talking about it, um, the way you said you never, you know, you never fit everybody was calling you the police, you know, you the popo. My immediate thought was because you don't fit, that's not your place. You don't yeah. fit and everybody sees it. Yeah, it's yeah. something when it is something when you belong to the Lord mm. yes. and you walk into people know. Yes. You don't have to tell them. It's like they know. Yes. They may not know exactly what's different. Yes. But they know it's different. And 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 I'm going to venture out there to say, because I wasn't there watching Desire. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to venture out there and say this as well. There's a light that people are attracted to. Yes. And I don't think it was just that you were the new girl. Yeah. I think people see goodness. Mm. And and you mix that with all the extra and it does become something desirable, something mm. that people really want, but it's not what you've given them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I bless God. Listen, I don't get me started tonight because this ain't the <laughs> preaching show. It ain't the preaching show tonight, but my God. And, and to me, that speaks volumes to people being in places they got no business being. And when everybody is saying to you, you don't fit. Yes. You don't fit. You don't fit. This don't even look like you. Why are you here? Right. So let me ask this then, because you said you went into that sort of trying to find yourself. Yes. Did you find yourself? afterwards or what how did that how did you get to the point where you began to say mm-hmm. I need to, I need to find Shantae someplace off this stage how did that happen for you I ended up finding my worth is what it was I didn't I went through because I've, I've had an interesting uh childhood and background um I was sexually assaulted as a child and I went through an identity crisis even with that Um, and I grew up without a dad. My dad was in and out of prison. Let me rephrase. My dad was in and out of prison all my life. So he was kind of in and out, in and out. And I was really, every child needs their father because men are supposed to be a certain covering. Um, that's what God ordained them to be, especially when they are a husband and when they become a father, they are supposed to cover their children a certain way. And I didn't have that covering. Mm. So I was a people pleaser when I was younger. So when you're a people pleaser, you have a tendency to tolerate and accept a lot. And you'll do any, just about anything to please anybody. I was very promiscuous when I was younger. Um, So I didn't even understand. and, And young ladies, I wish they understood their worth in that space today. Because when you give your body, your body is meant to be given to your spouse, your husband, not this one this month, this one three months down, your body. And that's why people's emotions and everything, that, that's a whole nother conversation for a different day. But when you start intertwining that, and, and, and if you think about it, our internal body parts, think of a woman when she carries a child, that's a sacred place. It's security in that space, it's protection, it's nourishment, 
And it's the same. And even how a man and a woman come together to create this child, the woman's organs are internal. And even where the, the, the sperm is stored is in an internal capsulation. The eggs are in. So it's like I say, I could go on a whole medical because again, being a former nurse, but that's not this show. But, <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but, but that speaks volumes. And when you don't understand the value in that, you will pretty much go for whatever. And we're, we're a society that's caught up in feelings. And I, I said this the other day, and I see I talk about sex in me, even me and my husband's book. Sex is a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. When done correctly. And yeah. it's a great feeling. And, and don't let nobody tell you different. If somebody tells you different, they ain't doing it right. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Bella. Disrespect, but if it doesn't feel good to you, then you know, but it was created in a context for a reason. So if you don't understand the value in that, in your body, and that you're more than just your exterior, then you're missing, you're you're missing out for sure. And I had to learn, and I was always considered attractive even at a very young age. I got a lot of attention, even from older men. When I older boys, even grown men, when I was under 12 years old, mm -hmm. when I say attention, I mean, just how they looked at me. And it always made me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, that is so creepy. You're like my grand, you could be like a grandfather to me. Why are you looking at me like that? You know, but I didn't have anybody around me again to protect me even from that. So when you don't know your worth and you don't know your value, you will pretty much seek wherever you can find. And in a place like dancing, it's false. What's the word that I'm looking for? There's a sense, there's a false sense of security in that space or a false sense of validation. validation. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are liking you for the wrong reason. They're liking you, to, their bets going on to see who can hit first and all that kind of foolishness. And you'll fall prey to that if yeah. you're not, if you don't understand, you know, what it's all about. So, yeah, that's, um, Praise God. I'm just thankful that he's protected me just even in the midst of me just not knowing. Just not knowing. Yeah. You know, when I think about the title of the show and mm -hmm. um, as we wrap for tonight and yeah. when people, we started with the, you know, can a stripper be a wife thing and just listening to you tonight I want, I, I feel like I want to share my answer. Mm. And it's not just a yes, of course, but it is, you were a wife before you were a stripper. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you were created yes. to be a wife. You were created to yeah. be a companion. So making a detour into something else does yeah. not negate what God created you to do. So yeah. of course <laughs> you can be a wife if yeah. you have been a stripper. I bless God, my goodness. I wasn't expecting this turn of events with this conversation, yeah. but this has been so lovely. Um, you said a lot, you shared a lot, and there are a lot of things that, that I'm gonna process after this. Yes. But if there is one thing mm -hmm. that you could share yes. uh, based on this experience of yours that you could share with the people watching and or listening, what would that be? 
it would be don't be distracted by who and what's around you. You have to know your identity for yourself. Now, interestingly, you say that that I was a wife before I was a stripper. My husband, the first day he saw me on stage, he asked me the question, what do you do for a living? And I said, what you talking about? I'm a dancer. And he looked at me and he said, no, you're not. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, Mm-mm. he said, you do something else. And I said, well, I'm a nurse. He said, that makes sense. And he walked away from the stage. And I ended up connecting with him later. And our, our story is just very interesting. We've been married for 22 years now, um, thriving in our marriage now, but we have some challenges for sure. Um, but I'm grateful to him that he saw. And again, God had to put that in him for him to see what he saw in me because I didn't get it. I'm like, I'm on stage. What do you mean? To it's like, no, that's not what you do. So you just have to learn and know within yourself. Do not allow other people to define you and don't search out yourself and other things or other people. And that that's the main takeaway that I, I would, I would suggest and what I would tell other individuals. I think certain. that's a perfect takeaway from all of this. Please let everyone know how they can connect with you. Yes. Yeah, so my website is Shantae, C-H-O-N-T-A-E, Speaks. There he is. S-P-E-A-K-S.com. <laughs> that is my website. I have uh, my three books that are on the website, bold enough to say about my personal journey, uh, just my life as a whole, the anthology, When the Soul Cries. I go into detail about at when I was a stripper in When the Soul Cries, but it's 17 different women telling their story. And then my husband and I just released our book this past Saturday, Not by the World's Standards, A Marriage Thrived Against the Odds. Perfect. I thank you so much for joining me today. I thank you for being willing to share the word of your testimony because that is what people need to hear. We share the blood of the lamb all the time but people need to hear how God has been merciful and how he has given us grace to be able to get through the various challenges and tests and trials and tribulations that we have in our lives. So I appreciate you. I thank you for joining us tonight. For those of you who are watching and listening, thank you so much. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode. I know I have, I'm gonna have to go rewind it and listen to it again because there were so many good nuggets. Please remember, you do not find yourself in other people and in other things. You will find yourself when you crawl right on on the inside and allow the Holy Spirit to show you who you are and who you were created to be before you were even formed in your mother's womb. So with that, everybody, y'all have a beautiful night. And don't forget to check out Speak Up Sis Podcast on Instagram at Speak Up Sis Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Speak Up Sis Podcast. And you can always connect with me on the website at speakupsis.com. If you'd like to be a guest on Speak Up Sis Podcast, check us out on the website or anywhere we are in social media land. And we would love to have you on the show to share your story in order to inspire others. You all have a wonderful night. 
Until next time. Bye. Thank you, Shantae. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome.